scripture reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 7 and 21 and 22. Listen for the word of God. But now thus says the Lord, I who created you, O Jacob, I who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you, I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Our second scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and 21 and 22. Listen for the word of God. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all people were baptized and when Jesus, who also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. So ends today's reading. Church has two sacraments, baptism and Holy Communion. Baptism is done once and Holy Communion is taken depending on your tradition. We do it once a month. Others do it every week. Some do it four times a year. How important is baptism? How important is it? In the early church, in the middle-aged church, in the church of the later church, in the Catholic church, how important was your baptism? What happened if you were not baptized? Wow. <laughs> Unbaptized babies, unbaptized babies go to hell. How's that said? <laughs> Finally, the, the people of the church said, you know, uh, theologians, that uh, is really offensive. These little babies uh, being relegated to hell. So they created this wonderful category called uh, Limbo. And uh, that if you, know, if you hadn't done anything really serious to sin, you, you never went to heaven because you were baptized, but you really didn't go to hell. You just kind of went to um, a bus stop where the bus never came. 
It's limbo. You're just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing happens. The Catholic Church has since, thankfully, abandoned all of these traditions, uh, not all these traditions, but these, you know, it's, it's, they don't anymore say unbaptized babies go, you know, they, they believe you go up, and, uh, which is we're making progress. But how important do we really take our baptism in our churches? There's a typical story in a Protestant church where little Johnny was going to be baptized on baptism of the Lord Sunday, and his parents were really excited, and they were coming back from church, and he was in his nice clothes, and they said, wasn't it a beautiful service? And the minister's words were so nice. And suddenly, little Johnny is just bawling. And they said, why are you crying? He says, the minister promised me that I would be raised in a good Christian home, but I want to live with you. I don't want to go anywhere else. In some ways, we become kind of, eh. In churches, there was two steps to joining the church. You had to be baptized, because that is your acceptance into the Christian faith, and then you decide where you're going to live out your Christian faith in this church. A lot of our churches today, they don't ask you whether you're baptized. They don't really care. It has become unimportant in many ways, and I wonder if we have lost something along the way. Jesus is going to start his ministry, and he goes to his cousin John to be baptized by the River Jordan. Now, do you remember who John is, John the baptizer? This man wore uh, skins of uh, you know, animals, and he ate wild bugs and honey, and he was the crazy nephew or uncle or, you know, he was the crazy cousin at the family reunions that nobody wanted to talk to. This guy was on fire, and you got to repent for God or else you're going to, you know, it's the axe is lying at the root of the tree, folks. And people came in droves to hear him. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that if I sit there and tell you every week, you're going to fry if you don't do right. You know, it's like everybody leaves the church, and then we get to close the doors, and nobody has to come back. But people flowed to the River Jordan to hear John preach and to be baptized him in the water, and Jesus shows up to be baptized by his cousin. Now, when Jesus was born, what happened in the heavens? Star in the sky, come on, shout it out, you know. Who shows up singing? Angels, glory to God on high. On this day is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And what does God say on Jesus' birth? Not a thing. Not a thing. Jesus goes to the Jordan. He gets baptized by John. And as he is coming out of the water, looks up and there is a dove like, uh, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. It doesn't say a dove, but descends like a dove and there's like fire, which is why you have Pentecost with tongues of fire. And there's a voice that says, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. God claims Jesus at his baptism. God claims Jesus had his baptism, and by going to be baptized, Jesus accepts that claim. 
Paul Tillich puts salvation rather simply, and you think whenever you hear something like this, you think it can't possibly be that simple. Paul Tillich defines salvation as accepting the fact that we have been accepted. How many children don't really know their parents accept them and they feel the need to run away? How many parents can't get over the fact that their children have reaccepted them and they can't make it back? How many times do we alienate ourselves because we simply are unwilling to accept the fact that God accepts us? That is the easiest thing in the world to do, and i got to tell you, the hardest things to do are the easiest. When Mary and I were, well, before we got married, we did premarital counseling with a, a master social worker, and he laughed at us. He said, you know, there are about six things that cause every couple that get married trouble, and you don't have trouble with any of them. The hard stuff, you got down. The easy stuff, the, the stuff that people figure out in a week, you can't get. And I think sometimes for a lot of us, it's the simple things that we just can't get. And Christianity is about accepting the fact that we have been accepted. We have been accepted. There is, there's nothing to pay Jesus didn't have to get right before he was baptized. Nothing was required other than going to John and being baptized. John's baptism is with water. Jesus' is, Jesus, um, is baptism with the Holy Spirit. That's why when we baptize in our churches, we say um, there's an epiclesis, which is the invocation of the Holy Spirit, being born of water and the Spirit. Being born of water and the Spirit, may you grow in your faith and da 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 Fancy words. I would baptize confirmands if they hadn't been baptized in the Puget Sound, which is cold. It's about 54 degrees. We would do this on Pentecost when they confirmed their faith. And I would get them out in the sound, and I would dunk them in the water, and then I would have to grab them because all they wanted to do was sprint for the beach. They wanted to get out of the water, and it's like, this is not your baptism. This, I need to say some words now. I need to say some words. Bless you and invite the Holy Spirit to live within you. And that fire hopefully will warm them up on the way back to the beach. Today is baptism of the Lord Sunday. Today is the day that we accept the fact that we have been accepted by God. And that is really, really good news. And typically on baptism of the Lord Sunday, what I have you do is I have you come forward and I pour water on your hands, which is still a little bit passive. So today it's going to be active. You will come forward, you will touch the water, and you will touch your forehead. You can make a sign of the cross. You can make another sign. Um, we generally don't encourage you to go 666 with the water. But other than that, what is your understanding of being accepted? After the sermon, after we invite you to participate in this, Pam's going to play, and we're going to have you come up on your own when you feel ready and touch the water.
and remember that you are accepted by the one who made you acceptable. And that's good news. Amen.